bless the Lord this evening, church. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad we've got a God that reigns? Amen. He's seated high above all of our enemies, seated high above all of our problems and our frustrations and above all of those things that would try to stand against us. Amen. How good it is to see you in God's house. It's so nice to preach to a full house rather than an empty house. But whether there's two here or whether there's 2,000 here, I'm still going to give it everything that I got. Amen. And I'm, Because God gave us everything he had. And I'm going to give him everything he deserves. Amen. The title of my message this evening is The Divided Kingdoms. And I was going to put a little byline on there also to say, uh, binding the strong man. But I'm going to take the, the message that I have tonight from Mark chapter 3, verses 22 and 27. And also it's found in Luke 11, verses 17 through 20. Uh, but before I read that, we're going to go to the Lord one more time in prayer so that he anoint me and anoint you. Amen. So that we come against every hindering spirit that might be here tonight. Father God, we just thank you that you reign, Father God, in our lives. You reign on this earth. You reign, Father, above everything and all things. We thank you for that, Father God. I thank you that as powerful as you are, Lord God, you've taken the time to be here with us this evening. You've invited us, Father God, into your presence to hear from you and to sit with you and fellowship with you. And I pray tonight, Father God, that you would just anoint our time together. And God, that it would be fruitful, Lord God, that you would come against every hindering spirit, every distracting spirit, every disrupting spirit, Lord God, and that you would just give us victory tonight, Father God, through the power of your word. I pray for your anointing to rest upon me. God, you know how busy my week has been and the responsibilities and duties that I've had, as well as your people, Lord God. And I pray that we would set all of those things aside and that you would just fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit tonight, God, to give and to receive all that you have for us. We give you the praise and the glory, and we thank you that you reign. And all of God's people said, Amen. Scripture I'll be reading is Mark chapter 3, verse 22 to 27. And just before I lead into that, before I read this, I need to understand, I could read the other passages, but right before we get to this, Jesus had just healed a, I want to say he healed a mute man by actually casting out a demonic spirit. Uh, he had just driven a demon out of a, a mute man so that the man could now speak. And the people that were gathered around and saw this incident, they were amazed as well as the scribes were. And this is where we enter into the passage which says, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, based on what they had just seen, he is possessed, meaning Jesus, is possessed by Beelzebub, who is the devil, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons." And he, and he, being Jesus again, called to them, called them to him, and said to them in a parable, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against himself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand either. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. 
You know, the truth is I could get very theological with you tonight and, and go into a bunch of deep discussions concerning this passage or the parable that Jesus is speaking. But tonight I simply want to talk to you about the I want to look a little bit behind the scenes and I want to talk to you about the spiritual warfare that was taking place in this passage. There was some spiritual warfare that was taking place and manifesting himself in this individual that Jesus cast demons out of. And it's the background of this entire passage. So instead of getting real theological with you tonight, I simply want to focus on that fact. I want to talk to you about the spiritual warfare that was taking place in this passage. And I want to talk to you about the two kingdoms that were represented in this passage. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. I want to talk to you about two kingdoms that were set against themselves, uh, each other there, and are still set against each other and in our lives today. I want to talk to you about the power of those kingdoms, the power of the kingdom of darkness and the power of the kingdom of God. And I also want to talk to you about the spiritual authority uh, that we gained from the kingdom of God and the exercising of that authority in our lives if we want to overcome. How many of you want to know that if you want to overcome, you've got to exercise some authority? If you want to overcome the enemy, you've got to exercise some authority over the enemy. I couldn't help but think as I was going through this, if you, you watch a bunch of movies, you know, about bullies that are bullying and kids, the typical response is you're going to keep getting bullied until you rise up and defend yourself. You're going to keep getting bullied until you yourself exercise some authority. Now, I understand today that might not be politically correct, but when I grew up, that's the way you dealt with it. You exercised a little bit more authority over the one that was trying to defeat you. I'm not telling you to go do that out in the world, but I am telling you to do that in the kingdom. I am telling you to do that spiritually, and that's what we're going to look at this evening. How many of you know God has given us authority over every unclean spirit? It's the Word of God. It's not my Word, but God has told us to, and given us authority over every unclean spirit. If you read the Word of God and know the Word of God, you know that He has given us the authority to demolish and tear down strongholds. He has given us the authority to bring into submission and obedience every single thought that would try to raise itself above the knowledge of God. And this is, this is just some of the authority that has been granted to us according to the Word of God. But the reality is, unless we exercise that authority, we will be bound instead of free. Unless we operate in that authority, unless we function in that authority, unless we function under that power that has been given to us, we will be overcome instead of being overcomers. And it's what I want to look at tonight. We will be bound instead of free. Unless you and I begin to understand what it means and how to exercise the spiritual authority God has granted us in our life, we will be bound by fear. We'll be bound by anxiety. We'll be bound by depression. We'll be bound by frustration. We'll be bound by the, the things of this world. We will be bound by sin and the, and the sickness of our soul. And we will be bound by whatever cord the devil can use to keep you uh, in bondage. You see, the reality is the devil will use a different cord against you than he will against me. He might try to bind you with fear and he might buy, try to bind me with anxiety. He might try to bind somebody else with pornography and someone else with, 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 with drugs. But the reality is the devil will use whatever he can in order to bind us and keep us prisoners, church. And the reality is we will live our Christian lives in bondage just like the children of Israel until we learn to rise up 
and bind the strong man. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And because and, I've got I've kind of got two messages going on at the same time, and I promise I'll pull them both together. But what you need to understand is what Jesus is ultimately teaching in this passage. What he is teaching is that it takes someone stronger than the strong man to bind the strong man. It takes someone stronger than Satan to bind Satan. It takes someone stronger than the the prince of darkness to overcome the prince of darkness. And the reality is there's only one individual that can do that. There's only one person that can do that, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. There's only one person that has overcome the world. There's only one person that has overcome sin and sickness. There's only one person that has overcome the enemy and his, and his stronghold on the, the world, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. And the reality is, without Jesus Christ in your life, you can never overcome. The reality is without Jesus and the Spirit of God in your life, you will always find yourself in bondage. The only way you'll overcome addiction, the only way you'll ever come overcome pornography, the only way you'll overcome anxiety and fear and doubt and all of the things that Satan uses is through the person and the power of Jesus Christ. This is what you and I will learn as we go through this passage. And behind the scenes, this is what Jesus really was teaching, and it's what I want to focus on. Here in this parable, Jesus is teaching several spiritual truths that we can learn. But ultimately, he is talking about the spiritual power of this world and the spiritual power that the devil has over us and how he would seek to control our lives. That's what he's referring to. That's what's going on in this parable. Ultimately, Jesus is speaking about a battle that's waging over our souls. He's talking about one kingdom that is fighting against another kingdom. He's he's talking about one prince versus another prince, one king versus another king. Both kingdoms, both princes, both kings want to rule and reign in our heart. And, and it is. It's, it's talking about divided kingdoms, kingdoms that are always at odds with one another, the flesh and the spirit, the, the light and the dark, good and evil, right and wrong. All of those things are constantly clashing in our lives. The reality is this parable, church, is all about the survival of the fittest. You see, I I believe a lot of times that we often forget, church, that there is a spiritual war waging in our lives. We can get so caught up with so many things and so many responsibilities and so many duties, I think we forget uh, far more often than we should that there is a spiritual battle that is waging for supremacy of our souls. I think we forget sometimes that we have an adversary that roams about like a roaring lion that's not playing games, that is seeking someone to devour. I think we forget sometimes that there is an adversary church that wants control over our lives, that wants control over our minds and control over over our marriages and control over our kids and control over our finances. I think we forget sometimes that there is an enemy out there that wants to defeat and destroy and divide us, church. And we must be constantly aware of that. If we're not, we won't fight. If, we, if we're not, if we're not aware of that, we won't be prepared for the battle. And we will never find success in our life if we are ignorant of the devil's devices and ignorant of his schemes and ignorant of his power, church. We cannot overcome. Listen, if you don't think the devil's stronger than you are, you won't think you need God. 
If you don't think the devil has more power than you, you won't think you need Jesus Christ. If you don't think the devil can overcome you and your wisdom and your strength and your knowledge and and your prestige, you'll never cling to the cross of Jesus Christ. This is what we have to understand. And honestly, it's what Jesus is teaching between the lines of this parable. We forget sometimes that the strong man needs to be bound by someone stronger So often we go through so many heartaches and headaches and and struggles and trials and tribulations. So often we find ourselves having to pick ourselves up up, up off the floor because we've been overcome. Because we have forgotten that we need Jesus to get us through. Because we have forgotten that somewhere in that fight and somewhere in that battle, we needed to crawl our way to the cross. We needed to crawl our way to the hem of Christ's garment so that the power of heaven could flow into our lives, church. That's what you and I need to understand. You need to understand that there are two kingdoms that are clashing. And there's only one kingdom that can overcome the other. It's the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against human flesh and blood, against flesh and bones, but it makes it clear that we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities in an unseen world. I hope you understand there is an unseen world that's round about us. While we're going through our day, there is an unseen world that is scheming against us and devising plans against us. There are private meetings going on in heavenly realms and heavenly places and in the dark corners of this universe, pitting plotting and pitting themselves against God's people. Plotting and pitting themselves against your marriage and your mind and your family and your kids and your marriage and your business and your job and your health and everything is that God has granted to us. There is an evil force that is pitting itself against the kingdom of God. And if we don't understand that church... If we are not taken a little bit back by it in our own human nature, we will be overrun by it. If we don't understand the power, like I said, we won't run to Christ. But if we understand it, we'll understand how much we need Christ and how much in Christ we shall conquer. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. There's a happy side to this story. The reality is the Bible says we are more than conquerors who are in Jesus Christ. Those who are in Jesus Christ. But the sad reality is there's a whole lot of people in the house of God that aren't in Jesus Christ. There's a whole lot of people that are sitting in church pews week after week after week who don't have Christ in them and they're not hidden in Christ. And it's why they're overcome week to week. They're not in the Word. They're not in worship. They're not in prayer. They're not into this thing called obedience. They're not following the Spirit of God in their life. They're not into His will and His ways. They're into their own thing. They're they're, they're fancifying some pews in the house of God, but they're not filled with Christ. And it's why they're overcome. I'm not saying this in a critical way, but listen, if you want to overcome, you better be in Jesus Christ. If you're tired of being defeated, you better make your way to the cross. If you're tired of being overcome, you better go to the overcomer. And that is Jesus Christ. You better stop leaning on your own understanding. You better stop walking in your own ways. You better stop relying on your own prestige, position, and power. And you better start coming to Jesus Christ. I need help, Jesus. I need help with my son and daughter. I need help with my marriage. I need help with my mind. I need help with this situation, God, because I know on my own I can't do it. On my own I'm overcome. 
This really is what Jesus is teaching in the background of this story. And this is what I want to teach you. The truth is, we are fighting against a strong man. The truth is, we are fighting against the prince of darkness and the ruler of this earth church. We're fighting against mighty powers and authorities and principalities, like I just said, that have set themselves up in an unseen world. According to the Word of God, we're fighting against the father of contention and the father of lies. According to the Word of God, we're fighting against the devourer, the destroyer, the destroyer and the, the evil dragon. Every day, the reality is we are battling not against flesh and blood, but against the old serpent, the slanderer, and the son of perdition, according to the Word of God. According to the Word of God, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, against flesh and bones, but against the spoiler and the tempter and the wicked one of this world. And unless we are operating under the power of God, unless we are operating under the anointing of Jesus Christ, unless we are covered in the precious blood of the Lamb, unless you understand we are walking according to the Word of God and in the presence of God and under the power of God, this wicked one will overtake you. This wicked one will overcome you. This wicked one will overthrow us, church, and will divide us and defeat us. That's his sole goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. His sole goal is to divide us, church, and to bring us down. His sole goal is to divide us from one another, divide us from God's peace, divide us from God's power, divide us from God's provisions, divide us from God's goodness and God's grace. His, his desire is to divide us, church. I'm going to look at that as I go. Please understand, I'm not here to glorify the enemy. I'm not here to boast on the enemy. I'm not here to lift up the enemy and, and, and applaud how great he is. But I am here to remind us that the devil is stronger than you and I alone. The devil is stronger than you alone, and the devil is stronger than I alone. But when you put Jesus in the mix, something happens. When you put the Spirit of God in the mix, something happens. When you put the Word of God in the mix, something happens, church. When you put the presence of God in the mix, something happens. When you invite the kingdom of God into the throne of your life and onto the throne of your heart, He has authority over the, the strong man, church, and sets us free. There's marriages that are busted today because they've never invited the power of God into that situation. There's families that are messed up because they've never called on Jehovah, the strong one, to come down and rescue them. You need to understand you and I alone are not strong enough. We're not wise enough. We're not powerful enough. We're not influential enough to overcome the enemy, church. To overcome Lucifer, the devil, and all of his demons and, and minions, church, that have set themselves against us. What you and I need to understand is that the devil is superior to flesh and blood. I know there's a thing called Superman, who's more powerful than a locomotive and, and faster than a speeding bullet. But I want you to understand that the devil is that strong. I want you to understand that the devil has that much power. But listen to me, church. There is someone that is stronger than the strong man. There is someone that is stronger than the devil. Stronger than Lucifer. Stronger than the wicked one. Stronger than the deceiver. Stronger than the father of lies. Stronger than the one that comes to divide your life. And that is Jesus Christ. That's who we need today. That's who we have to return to. 
That's who we have to fall in love with once again. That's who we have to consecrate ourselves to. That's who we have to worship in spirit and in truth. That's who we have to hold to, cling to, and stand with, church, if we want to be victorious. We have no prayer life and we wonder why we're losing. We don't go into the Word of God and into the presence of God and we wonder why we're overcome. Because we have wandered away from Jesus. We've wandered away from the cross. We've moved the cross of Jesus Christ to, to, to some side ring. I want you to understand, when you go to a three-ring circus, there is, there's three rings. There's the center ring with the main attraction, and then there's these sideshows going on all the rest of the time. You know what we've done in the house of God? We've taken the cross out of the center circle, and we've stuck them over here in some freak show. We think this is some byproduct of Christianity. The cross of Christ needs to come back to center stage in our lives if we want to have victory, church. Start pleading the blood. Put the cross back in the middle of your marriage. Put the cross back in the middle of your mind. Put the cross and the work of Jesus Christ in the middle of your family. And watch what happens, church. Watch what power begins to manifest itself against the strong man that's trying to destroy you. Listen, the reality is unless we're in Christ, unless we put on the full armor of God, unless the weapons of our warfare are divine and not earthly, unless they've been formed by the Spirit of God and the power of God and the hand of God Himself, they will not defeat the enemy. You can speak your words over the enemy all you want. You can make threats against the enemy all you want. But unless those words and those threats are backed up by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, He ain't going to listen to squat what you have to say. He'll laugh at you and run all over you, church. This is what you and I need to understand. We've got to be filled with the Spirit of God in our life if we want to overcome. Unless we put on Christ. Unless we put on the power of His kingdom, we cannot bind the strong man, and we will remain bound up as well. Think about this lost and dying world. You know as well as I do, as soon as you're born, you are bound. You are born into this world bound up by sin, bound up by the enemy. And there's only thing one, one individual, like I said, that can break that bond, break that chain, and that is Jesus Christ. That's what this world needs. This world is bound up, and they need Jesus Christ. This, this world is, 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 is being controlled by Lucifer and the prince of this world, and they need Jesus Christ. This is what you and I need to understand. Unless we put on the, the, the power of Christ's kingdom, we cannot bind the strong man. Remember, Jesus in this parable is talking about the power of two kingdoms. He's talking about the power of two realms. He's talking about God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven up here and the kingdom of darkness down here. The kingdom of light and the the kingdom of, of darkness. And both are fighting for our affections. Both of them are fighting for our attention. Both of them are fighting for our devotion. Both of them are fighting for our dedication, church. Listen, the reality is from the beginning of time, this battle that I'm talking about has been waging. This battle that Jesus mentioned 2,000 years ago when he was doing war against a demon, a demon that was in the, in, the, in the body of another man. That war that was going on there is the same war that was taking place from the beginning of time, church. From the beginning of time, Satan has been trying to divide the kingdom of God. 
From the beginning of time, Satan has been trying to divide the church of God and the the people of God and and the body of Christ. He's been trying to divide us from everything God has for us, church. Trying to divide us from the Father. 2,000 years ago, 40,000 years ago, from the beginning of creation till today, the, the, the devil's plotting plan is exactly the same, to divide. He wants to divide us, church. It's what I'm going to look at as we go. Please understand that the kingdom of God can never be destroyed. Because the Bible says the gates of hell, no matter how much the devil tries, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God can never be destroyed. But please understand me, it can be divided. It can be divided. It was divided once. It was divided twice. It was divided all throughout Scripture. And it can still be divided today. And you need to understand that clearly. If you don't understand that you can be divided from the Father, if you don't understand that you can be divided from His blessings and His benevolence, if you don't understand that you can be divided from the presence of God, church, you're mistaken. The kingdom of God can be divided and it can suffer loss. It cannot be defeated, but it can be divided. And I'm going to look at that church as we go. Whether we think it or not, whether we, we like it or not, the reality is the devil still divides today. Where do you think church splits come from? They don't come from God. They come from the devil. Where do you think divorce comes from? It doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. It's the spirit of division. He tries to... Where do you think hatred and war comes from? It doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. It comes from the divider. Where do you think first, second, and third Baptist and all the other denominations that are out there come from? They don't come from God. They come from the devil who's trying to divide. Trying to divide the body of Christ. Where do you think bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment come from? They don't come from God. They come from the divider. The the individual that tries to divide us from one another, divide us from the presence of God and the power of God and the provision of God. And as long as he can divide us from those things, he knows he can divide us from the power of God. If he can divide us from those things, if he can just divide us, church, that's all he needs to do. If he can divide us from the Father, that's all he needs to do. And the reality is he does it every single day. He divides us, church, where we shouldn't be divided. Listen, in heaven itself, we find that Satan rebelled against God. And you all know this story. He recruited one-third of the heavenly host to stand against God with him. And the kingdom of God was divided. In heaven itself, in heaven itself, the kingdom of God was divided. And if it happened there, don't tell me it can't happen in your life. If it happened in heaven, don't tell me it won't happen on this earth, church. If it happened within the ranks of the heavenly host, don't tell me it can't happen in your household or in the house of God. It happens every single day. Because that's what the devil does. He divides. That's his modus operandi, to divide, church. Because he knows when there, where there is division, there's no victory. Where there's division, there's no power. Where there's division, there's no overcoming, but being overcome instead. If he divides you, he overcomes you. If he divides a marriage, he overcomes the marriage. If he divides a family, he overcomes the family. Do you understand? If he divides you between your, your, you and your boss or you and your employee, guess what? He wins. He wins. 
That's one of the reasons if you are an employee, you better watch how you grumble against your boss. You better watch how you grumble against your co-workers because that is the devil in operation. And please listen to me. Where there is division, there is no victory. If you're speaking evil against your boss and the other employees around you, you better zip your lip if you want the goodness of God coming in and doing a miracle in your impossible situation. Please understand what I'm saying. It is the spirit of division, and you better identify him in your life. When you speak nasty things to your wife or your spouse or your husband or your kids, that is not the spirit of God. It's the spirit of division in operation. And unless we identify it, let's guess what? We can't have victory there. We can't. Where do you think quarreling comes from? It comes from the father of division, the father of contention, as he is called here. We have to identify that so that we can overcome it, church, so we can bind the strong man. When you see the strong man operating in your household, in your family, you, you better not cower. You better confront. You better take out a bottle of oil. You better take out the Word of God. You better take out your prayer mat or whatever you call it. And you better begin to call on the power of heaven to overcome the strong man that's trying to control your life. That's exactly what we're doing on Friday, between Friday, whatever time we're starting, till Saturday with our prayer time. It's to do confrontation against the devil. It's to overcome the enemy. It's to bind up the strong man so that we can have victory in our life, in our, in our nation, and in our, in our church. It's exactly why we're doing that. We need to be prepared for that. What we have to understand is that every day, the battle that began in heaven continues to wage war in our lives today. It's spilled over. The reality is when Lucifer and his recruits rebelled against God and division took place, the division became even greater because God cast one-third of the host out of heaven and it was divided again. And guess what happened? That spirit of division, the father of contention, fell to earth. And now he's trying to do the same thing in our lives. And just, please get this, just like Jesus, just like God Cast the devil out of his presence, you better start casting the devil out of yours. Just because God cast him down here onto earth, don't mean you gotta have him in your household. Don't mean you gotta have him in your marriage. Don't mean you gotta have him in your family. Doesn't mean you have to have him in your mind. Doesn't mean you have to have him in your life. You need to cast him out just like God did. There's no room for that in this house. There's no room for that in this body. There's no room for that in this life. I'm casting you out, you father of contention. I'm binding you in the mighty name of Jesus and casting you out. That's what we have to do. And it's exactly what Jesus is teaching here, church. This is exactly what we have to understand. Whatever started in heaven spilled out onto earth. And that same war is waging today. And we have to learn how to wage that war, church. Every single day, the devil tries to divide the kingdom. Tries to divide us from God's power. Tries to divide us from God's provision. Tries to uh, divide us from all of the things that God has for us, like I've said. And it's exactly why we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because we cannot do it on His own, church. Amen? Because without Him, according to John 15, 5, we're nothing. Without Him, we are overcome. Without Him, we're weak. Without Him, we're feeble. Without Him, we're losers. Without Him, we're corrupt. 
Without him, we're corruptible. Without him, we're vulnerable. You understand what I'm saying? Without him, we are nothing. I, I, I think we forget that sometimes. Oh, well, we've had such great earthly accomplishments. We receive such great earthly accolades. We drive nice cars and live in nice homes and wear fancy clothes. We have names in front and behind our name. We have corner offices. We, we've acquired all of these things on our own. And we think that will give us power over the enemy. The reality is, I don't care how many of those things we have. Without Jesus, we are nothing, church. Nothing. And until we understand that, until we recognize that, until we humble ourselves to that truth, we cannot be great in the kingdom of God. We can't be great in the kingdom of God. Listen to me. I'd rather be great in the kingdom of God than ever known on this earth. I'd rather be great in the kingdom of God and not anybody know my name here on this earth because my reward doesn't come from man. My reward doesn't come from this earth. My reward comes from my Father which is in heaven. And hallowed be His name. That's what we have to understand, church. That's where our power comes from. This is what we have to understand and what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, church. It's exactly why we are called to operate in the power and the authority of God's kingdom and not our own. Because if we don't, we'll be overtaken. If we don't, we will be divided. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, and I know I'm running out of time, and to get in as much as I can. In the Garden of Eden, the same battle, the same battle I told you about that was waged in heaven, was waged once again in the Garden of Evil. I mean, in the Garden of Eden. I told you it spilled out. It became the Garden of Evil, didn't it? Amen? That's what it became. But it, went, it spilled over into the Garden of Evil. Eden. I got this word devil and evil right in front of my face right here. And the point is, the devil again in the Garden of Eden was fighting for supremacy. Once again, just like in heaven, who is fighting for rule, who is fighting, fighting for reign, who is vi- uh, vying for soul supremacy in the Garden of Eden, just like he did in the Garden of God in heaven. And here's what I want you to see. Instead of Adam exercising the authority of God in their lives, instead of Adam speaking the word of God, And the will of God over the enemy, like we've been told to do. He stood back. He sat back. Read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 3. He stood back and watched the devil exercise his authority instead. He sat back and watched the devil exercise his will instead. He sat back and watched the devil deceive his wife and allowed her to eat of the the tree of of good and evil, of knowledge. He watched. Read it yourself. He sat back instead of exercising the authority God had given him to rule and reign over the entire earth. That's what he was blessed with. He had the power to rule and reign over all the earth. And when the enemy came into his garden... When the enemy came into his marriage, when the enemy came into his family, when the enemy came into his life, he took a back seat and he watched the devil. He watched them. And, and, and guess what happened? The kingdom of God was divided. You know the story. You know exactly what happened. They were kicked out of the garden. 
They disobeyed God. Because, listen, why? Because Adam didn't exercise the authority that he had. They were kicked out of the garden. They were divided from the Father. They were divided from, from his constant presence. They were divided from that place of power that they once had. Why? Simply because Adam did not bind the strong man. Simply because he did not exercise the authority that God had given him, church. And the sad reality is we do the same exact thing every single day. We've been given authority over every unclean spirit. We've been given authority over sickness and disease. We've been given authority over the enemy, over the liar, over fear, over anxiety. And yet for some reason we sit back and watch them do their thing. Watch them do their thing. Well, if God really cared, he'd intervene. If God really cared, he'd do something. If God really loved me, he'd step in. Well, guess what? He already gave us what we need. He gave us His authority. He gave us His power. He gave us His provision. And all He's waiting for us to do is rise up in the garden of God and take authority over those unclean spirits. You see, the reality is, if you look at Genesis chapter 3, the devil begins to deceive Adam, I mean Eve, and says, did God really say this to you? Did God really say that you couldn't eat from this and you couldn't eat from that? And then he begins to deceive her. And the sad reality is, at that very moment, at that very moment, Adam should have risen up and said, Yes, thus said the Lord. Thus said the Word of God. Thus said the mighty man, the the Creator. Yes, he said this, Satan. Yes, he said this, serpent. He should have risen up and exercised the authority, the word and the will of God in his life, and he didn't. And you want to know why so many households are a mess? Is because they're not exercising the word and the authority of God in their household. They're not speaking the word over their children. They're not speaking the word over their marriage. They're not speaking the word on a daily basis over their mind. They're not entering into the workplace with a, with a prayer of, of provision and prosperity as they go there. They are not speaking the promises of God in their life. You understand what I'm saying? And they're overcome because of it. The only way that you will drive the devil out of your garden is by speaking the word of God. It's by rising up under the authority of God and letting it become preeminent in your life. It's time that we stop sitting on the back seat and watching the devil win, church. Amen. Fathers, rise up. Mothers, rise up. Speak the word of God in your your life and in your household. Don't wait for someone else. Don't wait for the pastor. Don't wait for a council session. Don't wait for someone else. God's given you everything you need. You have to exercise that authority. You have to bind the strong man. We've been given the power to do it. We need to rise up and do it, church. Please understand, when we don't guard over our garden... When we don't guard over our family like Adam failed to guard his church. When we don't guard over our marriage and over our ministry and our faith. When we don't speak the word of God like I just said. Over all those areas of our life, we become divided. Families are divided today. Marriages are divided today. Friendships are divided today. Churches are divided today. Because of that very reason. That very reason. I'm going to give you a simple example. When you're in the house of God and someone begins to gossip... Yes, gossip takes place in the house of God. Yes, it takes place among God's people. 
Sad commentary, but it's true. The reality is when that spirit manifests itself in your presence, trying to make you part of that party, you know what you need to do? You need to rise up under the authority of God's word and you need to speak against that spirit. Not speak against the individual. You need to speak against that spirit. You need to rise up and say, sister, brother, you recognize them as your sister. You recognize them as your brother. But I'm speaking against that spirit of gossip. I will not allow that division to come between us. I will not allow that division to come between me and that person you're speaking about. I will not allow division to take place between the house of God and my pastor. I will not allow that division to exercise its power and authority. I'm exercising authority right now in the mighty name of Jesus, and I rebuke that. You watch them shut their mouth real fast. I could have said something else, but I wanted to be kind. They'll shut their mouth real fast. This is what I mean. That's a simple way to exercise the power of God in your life. Same thing with your children. I've found, I mean, I've only got an eight-year-old and I haven't had to do it yet, but I've got some older kids and I know that there were times in their teenage years where I had to rebuke foul spirits that I saw being demonstrated in their life. I know there's been times where I've seen the enemy try to infiltrate my marriage and I've had to rise up and speak against those things that were trying to infiltrate my marriage. I know there's times where I had to, pastors talked about it, I've had to now anoint my house. There's been times where I went to the four corners of my property and I put a drop of oil here and a drop of oil there and a drop of oil here and a drop of oil there and I built a hedge about my household and I cast the devil of darkness out so that he could not come again. You know, I'm not making light of what I'm doing, but I've done it to my, I've done it on my, listen, I've put it on my mailbox because I don't want bad news coming my way. I've done it on my telephone because I don't want junk coming through my telephone. These are the ways that you rise up against the spirit of darkness and take authority over the enemy. I'm not making light of a, of a thing of oil, but it has power. It's the principle behind it, church. Who you are relying on and counting on to defeat the enemy in your life. It's how you bind the strong man. I can't bind him for you. I can bind him with you. But in your, unless you're willing. It's like when I close, if I call you to the, to the front. Because you need to be set free from something. I can agree with you. Only if you come up here. Only if when the pastor on Sunday morning says you got a need in your life and you need freedom, you can't be free unless you come up and let someone agree with you, church. But guess what? We sit there in our stinking pride and think, oh, I can do it all on my own. I don't need that prayer team. I don't need the pastor. I don't need anybody to recognize my need. I can handle it all by myself. I won't look at pornography when I go back home. I won't do this one because the, the Lord spoke to me. But you need it, church. That's my point. You need it. We need... This is how you bind the strong man. I'm going to start bringing this to the close because I'm running out of time. Here's what we need to understand. I'm going to end with this. So many good things that I wanted to share here. Let me give a couple quick examples. I want to go right to this strong man. If you want victory, you've got to bind the strong man. You know the story of David and Goliath talked about a little bit last week. The reality is in the story of David and Goliath, the strong man who was Goliath, who was a representation of the devil, representation of Lucifer, representation of all the evil that this world, the devil can offer. 
stands in the valley of Elon for 40 days and 40 nights. He terrifies the entire army of Israel. One man with one voice causes the entire army of, of Israel to tremble. The Bible says they were paralyzed by fear. They couldn't even move. Some were paralyzed on the battlefield, hiding behind rocks, hiding behind trees, hiding behind whatever, paralyzed until someone stronger showed up. Until someone stronger showed up, and you know who that was. It was David, who was filled with the Spirit of the Lord. David, who was filled with the the power of heaven. David, one man Goliath, nine feet tall, controlled an entire army and an entire valley until someone stronger showed up. And this is what I want us to understand. Listen, the devil will control your life. The devil will overcome your life. The devil will divide your life. Until someone stronger shows up. And you know who that someone stronger is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And without Jesus, you'll constantly be overcome. But if you want to overcome Goliath, if you all want to overcome the enemy, if you want to bind the strong man, you have to do it through Jesus Christ. This is the verse I'm closing with here. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, it says, They, Jesus, and the disciples went across the lake to the region of Gerasa. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with evil spirits came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and you know him, he's legion. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Here's what I want you to see. No one was strong enough to subdue him, the Bible says. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Here was a man desperate to be free. Two individuals operating here, the man in the natural and the evil spirits that were within him. A thousand, that's why his name was Legion. And it says that no matter how much man tried, they couldn't bind him, and they couldn't help him. They couldn't bind him, and they couldn't set him free. Here's a man who was bound, subdued, overcome, crying out for freedom, but he couldn't find freedom. Here's, here's what I want you to see. The spirit, there was no one strong enough to bind the evil spirit, and there was no one strong enough to set the man free. Until what? Until Jesus showed up. And as soon as Jesus showed up, the Bible says the man ran to Jesus, fell at his feet. And both of them, the evil spirit and the man, recognized the authority of God. And the man was set free. There's only one individual that can free you tonight from your problems, from your struggles, from your frustrations. Pastor can't. I can't. Prayer team can't. Your friend, your neighbor, your spouse, no one is strong enough to set you free. No one is strong enough to break the chains or the bondage that the devil tries to put you in. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's frustration. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's uh, anxiety, bitterness, anger. I don't know what it is. But I promise you, every single one of us in here can identify somewhere in our life where the strong man is trying to bind us. And the only one that has the power to set us free is Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's how we find freedom. This is what this parable is all about. How many of you want to live free? I want you to stand to your feet because here's how we're going to pray. What we have to admit is God... 
Without you, I'm nothing. That's as simple as I can say. God, without you, I'm nothing. And what we have to learn, church, this is the message that I want you to get tonight. We have to learn to bind up the strong man. If we don't, our world will continue to be divided. Not just our society, not just our church. I'm talking about our world, our personal world. Everything that revolves around you and me will continue to be divided until we rise up under the power of the Spirit and the power of the Word and the power of Christ and bind the strong man. If you want the strong man bound in your life, lift up your hand. Because this is what we're praying to the Lord tonight. Amen? You just got to confess your, your, your need to the Lord. And we're going to ask that the power of the Spirit come and bind up the enemy. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word this evening. God, I know there's so much I had on this piece of paper and things that were hiding in my spirit that I wanted to get out. But I trust, oh God, tonight that you allowed me to speak what you wanted me to speak. I believe, Father God, that there were truths that came out and revelations that came out. I believe, Father God, that that your word uh, that was brought forth today has the power and the strength to set us free. Your word is the power of God unto salvation, God. And I pray that it would make us stronger today. I pray, God, that every single individual in this house tonight would be, would be able to bind up the strong man in their life. God, I pray that every single one of us would rise up under the authority that you have given us. God, authority over every unclean spirit. The authority and the power, Father God, to demolish strongholds that have been established in our lives. The power, God, to bring into obedience every single thought that would try to raise itself above the knowledge of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us not to to rely on our own strength and rely on our own power, God. Rely on our own positions, but that we would daily, God, come to the cross of Jesus Christ where we draw the power of heaven. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would come against every foul spirit that is trying to operate in the lives of your people. God, the spirit of sickness and the spirit of disease, the spirit of uh, addiction, or the spirit, Father God, of, of alcohol or the the spirit of drug abuse or the spirit of fear, the, the spirit of depression or the spirit of anger, God. All of these things are unclean. And you've given us the authority, oh God, to rise up against them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So I speak the name of Jesus tonight, God, over every foul spirit. I speak the name of Jesus over every disease and every illness. I speak the name of Jesus over every troubled mind and over every troubled marriage, God, that you would bring peace, God, into the lives of your people. I pray, God, that you would help us to put on the full armor of God every single day so that when the day of evil comes our way, after doing everything we can to stand, that we could stand firm, God, not moved and not shaken, God, not fearful and not afraid, because we know that we are hemmed in by the Spirit and the power of God. I pray that the Word of God would rise up within our lives, that the Word of God would become a bulwark and a strength, that the Word of God would become a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray, God, that you would just equip us, Father God, with divine weapons, God, so that we could overcome the work of the enemy in our lives. Help us to be victorious people, God. Not fearful people, but to be strong and courageous, O God, in the presence of the enemy. Help us to be like David that's willing to walk into the valley of Elah and speak the word of God over the Goliaths of our life, O God. So that that enemy would be scattered. So that that enemy would be divided instead of us. 
We give you the praise and the glory. And all of God's people agreed together and said, Amen. Can we just bless the Lord tonight, church, for His Word? Amen. As always, I know I've just prayed, but if you have a special need and you want us to tarry and agree with you, we'd be happy to do that. Otherwise, go and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might.